This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. From hockey to wrestling, football to golf, no sport left unturned. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. Neil, the boys are back. Let's talk sports. Good morning and welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. I'm your host, Walter Rigabon. My co-host, as usual, Naz Marchese. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. How are you? I'm doing great. And to you and to all the, all the other fathers out there, happy Father's Day. Same to you. Thank you so much. Uh, certainly, I want to let our listeners know what's up. Uh, of course, the U.S. Open golf, one of the one of the highlights in the golf calendar, is being played this weekend at uh, Aaron Hills in uh, in Wisconsin, and uh, we'll be talking to Matt Janella of the Morning Drive at the Golf Channel uh, in the middle of the hour. He's been at Aaron Hills for a good part of the week, and he's got some interesting comments about the U.S. Open. And at 9.15, right after our first break, we'll be talking to the Toronto Suns Post Media's Lance Hornby, uh, talking Leafs, NHL, expansion draft. And uh, at 10 o'clock this morning, Naz, we're going to find out uh, who uh, who the teams, who all the other, th- how many teams, I can't track how many teams are anymore. It's 30? 30. Yeah, there's going to be 31 pretty soon. Yeah. Uh, with the addition of the Vegas, uh, what are they, the Golden Knights, the Knights? The, the Golden Knights. The Golden Knights. I thought they should have called them the Jackpots. I thought that would that have been a much better good. name. Uh, 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 the Vegas Jackpots, to me, would have been would have been perfect. But uh, it's the Vegas Knights, and at 10 o'clock this morning, oh, they will be announcing the uh, the protected lists. We'll find out, and then I guess in a couple of days, we'll talk to Lance about this, in a couple of days we'll find out. Uh, which particular players have uh, have moved and will be on the Vegas' uh, lineup. It's either Josh Levo or Kirby Reichel. From, the, from the Toronto, Toronto Maple, Maple Leafs perspective. And uh, this gives us an opportunity uh, to... Uh, to uh, sum up, I mean, we've talked about the uh, NHL season uh, for so long. It seems, you know, the, NA- the Stanley Cup playoffs, uh, the, the Stanley Cup was awarded uh, last Sunday, and it seems like it's been, it's been, see, it's, it's been a long time. I don't, uh, it just, it just, interest in hockey, uh, from my perspective, uh, Tends to fade as the weather warms up, and we had a late well, spring. Well, it wouldn't it wouldn't fade if the Toronto Maple Leafs were in it. Would it? No, it wouldn't fade. And yeah. uh, just so our listeners know, Naz has uh, regaled us this morning with his Toronto Maple Leafs cap and his uh, Alabama shirt. So, uh, no, if the Toronto Maple Leafs make the uh, we're playing in June, that would be uh, yeah, that be, would be it would be outstanding. <laughs> yeah, I'd be I'd be sitting in front of my TV uh, waiting for it to come on, but. Uh, Watching Pittsburgh Nashville in uh, in the middle of June, uh, to be quite frank, uh, isn't uh, something um, I, I necessarily uh, 
I wouldn't say look forward to. I'm a passionate hockey fan, and and thankfully, uh, the story. Thankfully, Pittsburgh with with Crosby and Malkin. There's some talent. You know, when you know when you've got you get an opportunity to watch Sidney Crosby playing a Stanley Cup final, you always get the sense that there's a little bit of history being made. And uh, uh, but a controversial re- result from uh, last Sunday's game. Certainly don't want to belabor it, but uh, you know, quite frankly, the referee. Um, made a um, mistake uh, uh, that may or may not have impacted that game and may or may not have impacted the ultimate result. Uh, But, you know, congratulations to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, Certainly, uh, I would say, a deserving winner. They they took advantage of the opportunities they had and uh, uh, got some clutch goaltending from Matt Murray when they needed it. And Pekka Rennie, who had been playing all-world prior to the Pittsburgh Penguin series, uh, uh, certainly didn't play all-world in that series. Not uh, his fault in Game 6, though. Not Game no, 6, yeah, no. Game 6, he was fine. Uh, but, um, but, you know, I mean, uh, officiating mistakes tend to even out, except when you're in Game 6 of the Stanley Cup Final and it's a one nothing game. Uh, two nothing game. Oh, it really won nothing, but the empty netter. Um, you know that there's no le- there's no time left for the calls to even out. Unfortunate for Nashville, but uh, they got a lot of positives they can take away from uh, from their run. Well, the uh, the draft is going to be interesting. The the uh, expansion draft. See who goes and who doesn't. There's a lot of guys with big salaries out there that you know. Wait, let's let's talk about it. Dion Phaneuf refused to waive his no trade contract. Good for him. <laughs> Why? He, he should. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, I mean, but the reality is, um, you know, he, 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 I'm sure there's a lot of Ottawa fans who are critical of that. But I, and you know, in 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 the um, in in the other camp is a is um, is a player like Mark Andre Fleury, who's rumored. We can talk to Lance Hornby about this. Uh, Mark Andre Fleury apparently they they went to him and and he has correct me if I'm wrong Naz he has agreed to waive his no movement yeah to clause, go to Vegas to and go Vegas to Vegas only I heard yeah I mean you know I mean they're entitled to put whatever conditions they want on it yeah. um, uh, from Dion Phaneuf's perspective um, the reality is he he contracted um, for that and he's well within his contractual rights and. Uh, I would suggest, uh, you know, I wouldn't say good for him, but, you know, I, I don't see there's any necessity uh, to criticize him for relying upon his contractual rights. And you know what? Ottawa was, well, you know, they could have, you know, offered him something. Um, who knows? Who knows what with that contract? But it it puts Ottawa, you know, they're going to lose – Perhaps a player they wouldn't have otherwise had to lose. They're two best defensemen behind yeah. uh, Carlson, right? Right. Thought uh, or um, Cece. Yeah, I mean, you lose one of those two guys. It'd be interesting to see how an how uh, an agent uh, uh, how Dion Phaneuf's professional advisors advise him about something like this. I mean, it's it's all about bargaining. It's I mean, hockey's a business. You know, he's paid very well. Um, yeah, he, he said that about ten times in the interview. By the way, in the interview, he was on the golf course. And well, he's he said, paid very well because who gave him the con? Was it that? Was it Dave? Was Brian Burke or Dave Nonis who gave him that seven? Dave Nonis. I mean, he's still he's still on the Toronto Maple Leaf contract, as far as I understand. Uh, no, no, Ottawa's contract. 
No, no, no. But uh, hey, uh, they the got one a, they he got, signed. They, yes, the yes. one he signed with yes. the Leafs, yes. right? And he's you know he's well paid, and you know, yeah. and you know business owners there they can be ruthless when the time comes. So you know players are well within their rights to stand up for their rights. You know, you know it's you know what what do you got here? You got millionaires battling against billionaires, and you know I'm not necessarily overly concerned about the the, the business interests of the billionaires. So, you know, if enough, but the, the, the dilemma with that is, you know, the reality is, do you want to stay in a place where they don't really want you? Well, they kind of, they're kind of forcing him out because now he's, he's, he's put down 12 teams that he can be traded to. So he may be moved, but who's going to take that contract? Now, we well, said that about the lease. When they had him, who's going to take that contract? Ottawa took it. Maybe, well, they're going to have to subsidize it. Maybe yes. somebody will take that contract. Somebody will take that contract. I mean, the reality is... It doesn't sound like Ottawa wants Phaneuf to be there uh, for 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 whatever reason. And if I'm a player, do I really want to stay where I, you know, management has told me I really they they really don't want me to be here? And he had a really good playoff this year. No, he, he played well. He played really well. You know, I mean, he found his role, right? I mean, he was criticized uh, in Toronto, as was Phil Kessel. Uh, but these guys were asked to perform roles in Toronto that quite frankly, from a hockey perspective and perhaps from a character perspective, uh, and this is not to be critical, um, they, weren't, they weren't able to fulfill those roles. Dion Phaneuf was expected to be a stud defenseman, as they call them nowadays, and uh, he thrived much better in Ottawa, where he's not the stud defenseman with Eric Carlson, who's the all-world defenseman. So he's playing the second, third banana. And, oh, and that's a better role. And Kessel, you know what? In Toronto, he was expected to be our Sidney Crosby. And he's, you know, and from a character, you know, Kessel's not the most outgoing, um, gregarious individual. He's not great with the press. And he's not the, he's not the brand that necessarily you want to brand your franchise around. Whereas, you know, you stick him in, in, in Pittsburgh and he's playing on a second or third line or whatever he's playing on, and he's not the, he's not the top banana. And, 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 in that, and, he's, and there's no questioning his talent. How would he be now with the current Leafs? That was before. Yeah, you know, that's a, you've how raised, would you know, Kessel be now with the current Leafs? Uh, that's a really interesting, really interesting point, Ness. Um, that's an interesting point. We'll never be able to figure that one out. <laughs> I think he'd be pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Kessel is, a, is, a, is an extremely talented hockey player. I mean, uh, and we made the point on this show. Um, he had a tenuous relationship with the media in this city. And, 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 and there was a particular reporter. Was it the Toronto Star? I don't even want to name the, I don't even want to name the name. I, I, uh, I think we all know who he is. Uh, they just, I, I, thought some of the, I thought some of the picking on uh, Kessel at times um, was a little bit over over the line, but you know, professional hockey players also have to realize you're getting paid a lot of money, and whether you like it or not, um, having a good relationship with the media is probably, I would suggest, probably part of your job description as well. Um, it's it's kind of you know, you are a hockey player, you're a public personality. You know, at least at least try to have a healthy relationship and respect the media for the, what they do, which is they're out trying to earn a living. That's their job, right? Yeah. So it's their job to report. 
So, you know, if I'm, if I'm a hockey player, you know, I, I realize that these guys are either going to write positive stories about me or they're going to write negative stories about me. So why not, why not cooperate? Why not be media friendly? Uh, why not play the part? Uh, why not try to spin your brand and spin yourself in a positive light? Remember always, media, they're just doing a job. That's what they do. And that's what they get paid for. Yeah, it should be a very interesting draft this week. And there's going to be a lot of player movement, so I don't know where, where it's going to go. But the Leafs, the Leafs are going to be in there because they need a couple of D, and they may need a veteran, veteran center. Interesting point. And we'll hold, well, I'll let you hold that thought, Naz. We're going to go, we'll certainly be talking about some of these, uh, some of these comments with uh, the Toronto Suns and Post Media's Lance Hornby. We'll be right back with Lance right after the break. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville brought back the large five-topping pizza special for just $13.99 for a limited time. I'm whispering because the last time Pizzaville brought back this special, there was pandemonium in the streets, pushing, shoving, biting. So order now and order often, and hopefully you won't have any bite marks when this is over. Call Pizzaville for the large five-topping pizza special at pound 3636 from your cell phone. Shh. There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. Steel's Paint in Woodbridge, an enormous 20,000-square-foot superstore that carries nothing but the best. Superior staff, superior advice, superior selection, superior everything. When you have a really tough job to do, they can knock it down to size. They'll show you how to get it done right, and because they only sell the best of everything, you'll get it done to last. That means superior satisfaction. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. The best. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. They're not here to be nice. They're here to be right. The boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto on the new AM740. And if you're listening in downtown Toronto, once again, we're also on 967 FM. We're pleased to welcome back to the Nazawali Sports Hour, Lance Hornby. Lance, of course, uh, you can find his columns in the Toronto Sun, also in the Post Media Network. Uh, Lance, and also working on a new book, Toronto and the Maple Leafs, which should be out uh, this fall. Good morning, Nat. Lance. How you doing, guys? And a happy Father's Day to everyone. And, and same to you. Thank you so much. And uh, quick update before we get into it. Uh, Lance, let's give a little update on your book, Toronto and the Maple Leafs, and how that's coming along. Well, thanks, guys. Uh, yeah, I'm uh, just in the, in the 
I guess you could uh, call it a, a white album, uh, if you want to use the Beatles reference. Uh, it's, it's a lot of things that I've uh, pulled together uh, over the years. And post me doing a lot of uh, call, but, you know, a lot of, it's, uh, a lot of what I do is Maple Leaf. But uh, of course, uh, the city has a 100 year and, and that uh, history with the uh, with, and uh, I look yeah. back at uh, what makes a relationship uh, going. Uh, Lance, Lance, I'm going to have to cut you off. Our, our cell signal, uh, you must be on a cell phone, and it, the signal isn't the best. I don't know if you can move around the room a little bit, or perhaps we might have to call you back or get closer yep. to a window. Yeah, uh, we're good. Go. Uh, let's try that again. Uh, th- thanks, and uh, I know you've been working really hard on your book, and uh, since it is Father's Day, uh, I'm sure there might be some father, some interesting father and son uh, Toronto Maple Leaf stories. Is there one that you can pick out for us and share with our listeners? Well, really, it's uh, sort of a, a long history. You go right back to uh, William Hewitt, who was the uh, sports editor uh, of the Toronto Star, and his son, of course, was Foster Hewitt, uh, who begat uh, Bill Hewitt. It's a, a, a great uh, history going back with uh, Con Smythe and his son Stafford. Uh, and uh, there's, uh, you know, then getting to uh, punch him like his son Brent and uh, King Clancy, uh, his son Terry, who played uh, for the team. You have uh, the Conickers, uh, Charlie and Peter, and uh, Barry and, and John Cullen, who played for the Maple Leafs, maybe in the, in the burn era, so uh, to bring that right up to date. But there's at least uh, 10 father-son connections, and I guess uh, the interesting ones, when I talked to a defenseman named Ken Hammond, I don't know if uh, people will remember that name. He played briefly with the Leafs uh, 10, 15 years ago. His father had uh, worked at Maple Leaf Gardens, and his grandfather helped to build it. So there is a pretty strong connection here uh, in Toronto, not just uh, with the Maple Leafs, but with the, with the city itself. Lance, who's ready to make the jump from the Marlies to the Leafs, in your opinion? Well, yeah, you know what, There's uh, I'd look for a kid named Travis Dermott, I think, uh, on, on defense, and Andrew Nielsen. Uh, I don't know if they're ready to make the jump. It depends, of course, on if they're going to make a trade uh, or some kind of move in the next uh, little while uh, with the draft uh, coming up and, of course, all the general managers getting together. I think their preferred route would be to get a veteran. Uh, however, uh, you know, a lot of people were surprised at the quick development a lot of the kids made on the farm last year and uh, how many uh, Marlies it uh, uh, they were able to bring on and took on uh, big roles. Nobody heard about, uh, you know, Zach Hyman, Nikita Zaitsev. Uh, of course, Zaitsev came from overseas. But, uh, you know, a lot of the kids who uh, who were there in the Marlies who, who earned uh, jobs. And uh, I, I think if they're sticking to the Shanna plan of uh, growing it uh, patiently, and, of course, the, uh, you know, the, the temptation is to accelerate that a bit, perhaps they'll uh, they'll look at uh, Nielsen and, uh, and Dermot, at least give them a long look in training camp. Talking to Lance Hornby, the Toronto Sun Post Media Sports. Lance, uh, uh, there's a key deadline coming up at 10 o'clock this morning where I guess the uh, all the teams have to announce their protected lists, and in a couple of days we'll figure out, uh, they'll announce uh, who Las Vegas has picked uh, from all of the other 30 teams. Uh, from a local perspective, uh, what's your sense of... Uh, who might no longer be a Toronto Maple Leaf next year? It might be a Vegas Knight. Well, they're very well positioned uh, guys, obviously, with a lot of young players who just come along the past couple of years. So most of their top stars are are exempt. Um, I, I guess the interesting thing would be if they protect uh, Matt Martin. I, I, I think they've invested too much in a, on, in him last year, and uh, they really like the job he did both uh, on and 
and off the ice, uh, I think you guys were just talking earlier about uh, trying to find that, uh, you know, that uh, right uh, chemistry in the dressing room, uh, which they hadn't found the past few years. And of course, a guy like Matt Martin can uh, add something to it. So I think they protect him or at least come up with some side deal with Las Vegas that they don't, uh, they don't lose him. As to who they might lose, uh, I think you possibly looking at uh, Kirby Reichel, a first rounder from Columbus that they brought in who played all last year with the Marlies. Uh, Josh Levo is a very intriguing player who seems to score whenever the Leafs put him in, but uh, there's been, uh, you know, quite a, a jam up at forward, and they haven't been able to uh, to utilize him. So that's another guy who may uh, who may move in uh, there. I think they can expose uh, Eric Fair if people want to look past his age. Uh, he certainly is uh, another guy like Martin, I guess, who can uh, add a lot to the team if they're, you know, if if they're able to get him in uh, in the lineup. Doesn't look like that's going to be the case. So those are some of the guys I think Vegas is going to look at. Where where is their biggest need on D or a veteran center? Oh, I think definitely on defense. Um, you know, they've uh, not to say that the job is complete up front, uh, but I thought guys like uh, Tyler Bozak, uh, James Van Riemsdyk, uh, a lot of players like this can uh, come in, and uh, you know, you, you've seen them make an impact, I mean, improve themselves. Now, you know, are you going to go with these guys long term? Possibly, possibly not. But uh, really their need, I guess, would be on defense right now. If you're just talking about uh, long-term, uh, certainly they should invest uh, uh, you know, in, in some more uh, um, uh, decent players up front. I, I think these uh, young kids who made the jump last year are certainly going to come along a bit more in coming years. But the Leafs aren't at the stage where they have to you know, add the uh, big contract on defense. They're not really uh, ready to make that cup jump yet. I think that move is still two or three years away. Uh, Lance, uh, Montreal Canadiens made uh, a couple of uh, huge moves. That, well, one's a huge move anyways. Jonathan Drouin, they brought him in, uh, and they uh, immediately gave him a large contract. Uh, any comments on that? And I'll follow that up with there, there's some speculation around um, that I've uh, maybe I read too much Twitter or, or um, w- w- the other social media stuff, but there's some rumors around that the Leafs could be next in the big trade department. Um, first of all, talk about the Drew Ann move, and then uh, let's let's have a little speculation on the Leafs uh, whether they're in the big trade department. Well, I think Montreal's gone top heavy on defense now to top heavy. Uh forwards uh certainly they uh you know a big risk to trade away uh Subban that's not to say that uh, Shea Weber is not going to offer them uh, more as the uh as years go on and that they're out of the picture but uh it is i guess a little uh disconcerting to uh, to followers of that team that they uh, you know they seem to be moving sideways in many ways shapes and forms and not uh, ahead and at a time when they have to take full advantage of Carey Price. You look at Henrik Lundqvist in New York, and the fear there is that their their window was closed. They were unable to uh, support one of the, the greatest goaltenders in NHL history with the proper uh, the proper tools uh, in front of them and, uh, and up front. And I fear Montreal may be going that way. Uh, as to the Leafs making a big deal, I mean, you know, what day of the week is it? There always seem to be, uh, <laughs> you always seem to be them, hear them, in on, uh, on on something, but uh, again, I think their time for one of these uh, deals to push uh, ahead and accelerate the Shanna plan is not now. It's it, it's two years from now, and I would really, you know, I, I really want to see, uh, you know, I want to see some of these kids play again uh, next year. Make sure, uh, you know, see them take another uh, leap in development. See, you know, whether Austin Matthews, uh, who could be the captain, you know, two or three years down the road, I want to see him develop. I, I think this team, uh, as well as it did last year. 
Uh, and as uh, as well as it worked out in the playoffs, I think it was really good for them to make the playoffs and kind of get spanked and, and, and show them the next step they have to take. Uh, I think that is uh, the situation for next year. Another year of learning before they, uh, you know, they get uh, stars in their eyes. Now that's, uh, you know, a lot of people will say, why not wait? And, you know, the, the window is... Uh, is tight for a lot of teams, but um, you know the Maple Leafs have two or three years with these guys under contract to uh, to really see what they can do before making hard decisions. The Vegas odds on the Leafs opening after sixteen to one, 16 to one <laughs> twelfth pick. That's well, uh, an 20s. amazing jump from last year. Yeah, it was up in the twenties or thirties uh, usually, so that's a that's a good sign. Uh, again, uh, you know, a lot of people have to like what they saw last year. Uh, on the other hand, there's some uh, there's some deficiencies there, and uh, with the blue line depth as it stands, they're going to need uh, some help either internally or externally to be added in the next little while. Lance, Lance uh, curious, there's a lot of veteran centers out there. Joe Thornton is out there. Patrick Marlowe is out there. Do the Leafs have any interest in these guys? I don't think so. They had the chance to bring in those guys all all last year. I mean, there's been a revolving door at that fourth line on this club for, for many, many years. Uh, you know, and... Uh, it, you can you can fill if you want uh, with uh, those outside guys, but really at this stage, what are they going to do except maybe be a, a bit of a drag on your salary cap? Now that said, Toronto is in good position to add someone like that, but uh, I, I think adding Matt Martin last year and uh, you know bringing up a, a good young leadership uh, group that is going to grow together, I, I think that really uh, you know two years ago I would have said yes, you need somebody to uh, veteran center or just a veteran period to come in and uh, and shake things up. But I think they're doing a pretty good job of that internally right now. Lance, uh, uh, one last question, and we're going to let you get on with your day. And thanks so much for joining us this morning. Uh, there's a something uh, uh, hit the news wires or the sports wires this week that I, I, I think about it, and it still troubles me to a certain extent. Is And I was completely unaware of this. The Stanley Cup is about to lose in the next uh, next couple of years and over the next 10 years you won't see the name of some of the greatest players who have ever played the game will no longer be on the Stanley Cup. And also, I uh, can't remember what year, there's not going to, unless we win it, unless Toronto wins it yeah. in the near future, there's not going to be Dave Keon or Frank Mahovlich or Johnny Bauer or any of our great heroes from our youth on the Stanley Cup anymore. And the more that I think about that, the more it bothers me. Uh, but I'm not so sure I have a solution. Uh, well, I, I know the story you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, I think the bands uh, are coming off uh, at the end Correct. of uh, this year or next. Uh, I think the last Leaf, the last of the three Leaf Cup teams, the 64 team, I think is staying on. And of course, the 67 team. But uh, in, you know, uh, but Bobby Hall, it's true that, uh, you know, Bobby Hall and Gordie Howe and all the, uh, a lot of the original Sixers and all those great Montreal teams. Those are coming off, but <clears throat> if you look at the uh, the uh, the physic the, the physics of the Stanley Cup, it's already one of the heaviest trophies. They've uh, decided they really like it as it is, and uh, you know, unfortunately, uh, you know, time marches on. Uh, I I think uh, Phil Esposito was quoted on this, and uh, uh, John Crick at our uh, newspaper actually did a story about that. And uh, a lot of the veterans are saying, yeah, it's sad, but you know, their uh, you know their their time. Has come. It's a new NHL, and uh, the the cup uh, should be reflective of uh, of at least the last 50 years. And they're not forgetting these guys. These bands are going to be uh, saved and uh, put on display 
in the Hockey Hall of Fame. And you just, uh, you know, the, the cup is just uh, too big to fit them all on. And uh, I, I guess it, it's going to, uh, you know, disturb some people and kind of upset their childhood a little bit, their childhood memories. But uh, that's the way it goes. You can't uh, have the, the, the trophy's more than 100 years old. You can't have every name on there. Anyways, we've been talking to Lance Hornby. Lance Hornby, of course, with the uh, Toronto Sun and Post Media. And Lance, uh, you've got a. I, you know, you were kind enough to send me some of your unedited chapters preview of of your book, and I'm you know I've read uh, and I'm really really looking forward to it. There's some some great material, and uh, just to give our listeners uh, an idea, it's Toronto and the Maple Leafs, and uh, when can we expect it to see it in all the distribution channels? Uh, published by uh, ECW uh, here in, in Toronto and uh, in the autumn. Thanks a lot, guys, for mentioning it, and uh, perhaps we'll chat about it another day. We'd love to. Thanks so much, Lance. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, Lance Hornby of the uh, Toronto Sun Post Media News. And, uh, Naz, we had, uh, I mean, we'll just go to break really quickly. We had a brief chat about this earlier, and, I, you, you know, you're, you're uh, somewhat in uh, Lance Hornby's camp is that time marches on and there's nothing else you can do with the yeah, cup. There's not, what, what else are you going to do, right? You, you can come up, come up with a solution either, right? Well, the only one I thought of, and then I mentioned it to a few people and they thought I was crazy, is to take the cup and retire it, just like a sweater, and start a new cup. Uh, which looks the same as this one, but people tell me I'm crazy for suggesting that. Um, so I guess I'm, I'm in the minority in this particular discussion, and uh, there probably is no other solution. And, yeah, um, maybe, uh, maybe time, time does march on, and you've got to give glory to the, to the most recent winners in the, in the Cup, and you've got to memorialize the greats in the past, I guess, in a different way. Anyways, we've got to go to break. We'll be right back after the break with Golf Channel's Matt Janella. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville realised that people may not know how many different kinds of ponzos Pizzaville makes. You can go Italian if you like a sausage. You can go Hawaiian if you like ham and pineapple. And you can go Canadian if you like bacon, beer and hockey. We can build a ponzo that speaks your language. No matter where you are from. Call Pizzaville at 736-3636. Or visit pizzaville.ca. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too. But the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics. On time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. At 20,000 square feet, Steel's Paint and Woodbridge is Canada's largest independent paint store. Big deal, right? Big deal? Yes. The best brands, the best staff, the best advice, the best of everything. From color matching to brand selection, whether you're a pro or a DIYer, we'll look after you from the minute you walk in to the minute you walk in a second time as a completely satisfied customer. Big store, big deal, bigger satisfaction. Simple. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada, and the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. 
There are two ways to argue sports with these guys, and none of them work. The boys are back, the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. And uh, in my uh, in my sports passion year, it's one of the great uh, Sundays. It's U.S. Open Sunday. It's Father's Day and it's U.S. Open Sunday. And we're pleased to welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour from the Golf Channel's Morning Drive, Matt Janella. Good morning, Matt. How are you? Oh, I'm doing well, thank you. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. Thank you so much. Uh, Matt, uh, the U.S. Open this year is at Aaron Hills in Wisconsin, and uh, there was much trepidation prior to uh, it going to Aaron Hills because it's there for the first time. It's a relatively new course in the, in the pantheon of uh, U.S. Open courses, first U.S. Open ever to have been held there. But uh, you're a fan, and I'll just to our listeners, I'll just I'll just uh, requote a tweet uh, that you sent out about ten hours ago. Uh, and you stated, I do not miss a grind fest. I don't want it, don't need it. This has been a blast. It could end with an eagle. I'm all in. You're a big fan of this venue, Matt. Tell us why. Well, because, um, well, because like I said, I don't, I, don't, I don't understand the need to see these guys uh, kind of shoot. I don't, I don't understand the need to see these guys finish after four rounds somewhere near par. If that's what happens uh, naturally based on the elements and the conditions, then so be it. But, um, but I don't, I don't see the need to tuck pins or narrow fairways or uh, speed uh, greens up to kind of um, a pace that's um, uh, beyond fair or, or, or natural. Um, I, I, I'm okay with, with these guys being the best in the world, uh, actually having, you know, four rounds, uh, four consecutive rounds under par. I, I, I uh, you know, I, it's, it's always been jarring for me to watch us open. I don't think it's fun to watch, uh, guys s- sort of, um, you know, scrape and claw, uh, just for par and not for birdies or potentially an Eagle. Um, and I've really, really enjoyed uh, this week. It's going to be very different today uh, now that we do have the wins that they anticipated all, uh, you know, for the weeks leading up to this. Um, in, in some sense, they got really lucky to have the calm conditions that they've had for these first three days of competition. But that will change, and I think we will see what, you know, the people who really love to see the grind fest, um, you'll see it actually here today, I think. Um, uh, and and I'm totally okay. I, I really enjoyed watching more offense than defense. I I am totally okay with the best players in the world hitting driver as often as they can, uh, hitting at 360 yards, uh, uh, and then hitting three woods 290 yards to to three feet. That's <laughs> that was really impressive, yeah. and um, and that's sort of what I expect to see from the best players in the world. Uh, this this golf course. If they hit really good shots, they re- they were rewarded. If they hit bad shots, they were penalized. And um, and it's 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 been it's been fun. I'm really looking forward to the final round. Matt, what are your thoughts of six of the top ten uh, earnings leaders this year are are not in the U.S. Open? They didn't make the cut. What are your thoughts? 
Well, I think it's probably, I don't think there's a generalization you can make about the fact that all of them are not, you know, all six of them are not there other than um, they didn't have, they didn't have two good enough rounds to, to put them uh, in the situation to play the weekend. Uh, And, you know, some of them had issues with their putting. Some of them had issues with their driving. Some of them had issues with their iron play. Um, Some of them had issues with all three. Uh, This is, you know, and for different reasons. Uh, This is the middle of the season. Some guys are burnt out. Some guys haven't figured it out. Some guys are still, you know, still grinding. You know, Dustin Johnson didn't look like he could be beat going and he fell down a couple of stairs at the masters. He's dealing with, uh, you know, the birth of, of a second son. <laughs> I mean, you know, he had a lot going on. Um, Rory's changed the ball and putter since the masters. Uh, he, he has a lot going on. Jason day is, you know, continues to deal with a variety of issues, uh, off the course, uh, which lends itself to issues on the course. Um, you know, I, this is golf. It's not easy. Uh, and, and there's a fine line between uh, what is, you know, uh, a, a, a sort of a guy who's firing on all cylinders and a guy who's, you know, missing cuts. And, um, and uh, I think sometimes with these best players in the world, we just take it for granted. We're talking to Matt Janella from the Golf Channel's Morning Drive. And uh, Matt, first of all, congratul- uh, uh, congratulations on a great piece you did on the Golf Channel about a gentleman by the name of Bob Lang. And uh, Aaron Hills is Bob Lang's impossible dream. It was his obsession. And if it wasn't for the dream of this particular man against all odds, um, Aaron Hills wouldn't exist, quite frankly. Um, and a great piece. I, I thoroughly enjoyed uh, thir- thoroughly enjoyed watching in your conversations with Bob Lang. But... Uh, Want to ask you uh, your uh, your sense of the man and and uh, what why Aaron Hills is a great golf course? Well, um, thank you. Uh, first of all, I, you know, this, I wrote this story uh, going back into 2010 for for Golf World, which um, who, where I was working at the time, and then got an opportunity to go back and tell it again for the Golf Channel now uh, seven years later. And a lot of credit, I mean, it's, you know, a difference between sort of writing a story is you're kind of, you're working with one editor uh, in doing a television piece like this. It required uh, several crews, uh, producer Adrian Gallagher, who's fantastic at what she does. I did a story with her on uh, the Oakmont and the tree removal last year. The year before that, I did a story on Chambers Bay with her. So uh, I really appreciate all of her teamwork and cooperation on the piece that especially that we did this year it was complicated i think bob lang is complicated bob lang's uh, uh pursuit and obsession of of a u.s open was complicated and costly in the end um he he's not a golfer and yet you know he always says golf is a journey uh, there's there's just a lot of layers uh, to to this story it was really hard to tell this narrative arc from 1999 to 2017. So ultimately what we did is really just drilled down and, and highlighted that, that Bob Lang portion of the narrative, which started in 1999 and then ended in 2009 when he really had to uh, turn over the, the keys to, to Andy Ziegler. Um, he was forced to sell. 
he, you know, this doesn't happen without Bob Lang, but it also doesn't happen without the guy, Steve Trattner, who ended up murdering his wife in 2006. It doesn't happen without uh, Ron Witten, Herds and, and Fry, the, the architects. Obviously, Ron Witten's connections to the USGA or clout with the USGA. Uh, Jim Reinhardt, uh, Milwaukee Country Club uh, member who knew both Bob Lang and then Andy Ziegler. They, you know, he needed to be involved. Uh, the USGA's Mike Davis coming in 2004 and kind of rubber stamping the land as something uh, uh, that had potential for greatness. Uh, the USGA getting involved, you know, from with David Fay and David Fay's uh, love for uh, the idea of bringing the, the U.S. Opens to uh, accessible golf courses. Um, all of these things had to happen. And then Andy Ziegler being there and uh, and buying it uh, at when he did when sort of Bob Lang was out of op- you know options, out of resources, out of loans, and out of money, and uh, and without Andy Ziegler then being a billionaire and having unlimited resources and being able to bring in th- you know hundreds of trucks of of topsoil uh, and getting it ready for the 2000 uh, U.S. Amateur. If he doesn't if he doesn't check all the boxes he needed to to host the Amateur, then you know well, it's a very good chance they aren't here at, uh, for the U.S. Open. So. Uh, all of that is is what's happened here. It's transpired here, and it's and it's happened in eleven years. This will be something we will never, ever, ever see again. Something like this happening so fast, such a big chance and a risk for the USGA. Uh, uh, you know, going back to sort of what they did in, uh, early on and in, in giving it um, the amateur so early, and, and now giving it an open so soon. Um, I think this is this is the last of its kind. Uh, Matt Janella, Matt, uh, just a couple of minutes left, and uh, but I do want to talk about. Uh, we have to talk about what we can expect this afternoon. Of course, there's 7,700 yards. There's a huge par five at the end, which which got eagled yesterday, but by, by Justin Thomas. But uh, hopefully, I don't see Justin Thomas in in pink pants this afternoon. Um, <laughs> that I would not like to see. But uh, Justin Thomas is, is is a great great golf player. Shot 59 earlier in the year. Uh, tied a major open record yesterday. In fact, I think he has the record now for the most shots under par at a major. Because this, is a, I take it, uh, uh, I may or may not be wrong, but uh, 63 is the lowest they've ever gone at a major. Justin Thomas certainly has game. There's no question about that. But he's not even in the lead. Uh, another kid by the name of Brian Harmon is what, uh, and of course, Rip, Ricky Fowler is is lurking there, and he seems to be the advertiser's dream in this tournament. Um, what can we expect? What uh, uh, golf wise this afternoon? Well, I mean, it, it, it sure seems like we can expect a first time winner of a major championship, which, <laughs> okay. you know, and 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 a lot of the guys you're you're talking about there uh, will make for interesting storylines. I mean, the the idea that the littlest guy uh, in the field might win at one of the biggest you know biggest golf courses uh, that that we've ever seen. Uh, would be a really cool storyline. I think Brian Harmon is is a, is a tremendous character. He's been, you know, a proven uh, uh, 
you know, competitor and um, and winner already on the PGA Tour. I talked to uh, one of the Sea Island insiders, uh, you know, part of that whole sort of Sea Island mafia, they call it, um, down in Georgia. And, it, you know, he told me that uh, no one works harder than Brian Harmon. Of all the touring pros that are sort of in that location, no one works harder and no one is more competitive. And, uh, and you know, uh, it's hard not to root for Brian Harmon. I, I picked Brooks Kepka uh, at the start of the week just simply because I had spoken to his caddy. He said he, he hasn't, he's never been hitting the driver better. Uh, and knowing what we knew of this golf course and that you had to be straight and you had to be long to give yourself chances to hit these greens and then a chance to score, um, I liked Brooks Kepka. He's had some incredible runs. Uh, he, he's, he, you know, like Dustin Johnson, he, he was he was unbeatable there for a while, and then kind of uh, had a rib injury that, that that set him back. So he every he's had a couple stop starts, and in everybody everybody agrees that you can all definitely see him in a position to win more majors in the future. Certainly looks like a guy to win uh, U.S. Opens or maybe a PGA Championship. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him. Ricky Fowler, we know uh, all, all of his. Uh, credentials and and uh, portfolio and yeah, who no one would be shocked to to see him win this tournament here today. I I do think scoring is going to be a lot higher uh, with these with these wins. I mean it is it is blowing out there. It's exactly the way it was blown. It's blowing today exactly the way it was when I showed up on Sunday evening and I thought to myself, wow, this is going to be a long week. And then the rains came and the winds laid down. Uh, but it's but the wind is back now and um, it. That grind fest that I was not missing these first three days, I think, is going to be uh, uh, today. So uh, look for a much different experience. Uh, I still think they'll be hitting some of these par fives in two, but it's going to be a lot harder to hold when you got a 20, 25-mile-an-hour wind behind your back. I think the par fours that were playing into the slight breeze are going to play a lot harder today because they're actually going to be in a pretty stiff breeze. So, um uh, you know, I, I, all I can tell you is I'll be on my sofa and uh, I look forward to watching it all and uh, all transpire. Matt, the emergence of the U.S. golfers, especially in this tournament, is incredible. The number of U.S. golfers there are in the top 10, 15, it has improved that much, hasn't it? Um, I just think golf, I, I, I don't, it's so hard to sort of, you know, categorize american golfers european golf because there's so much overlap you know so many european golfers are over here going to college uh and getting success on sort of american courses uh, a lot of uh, americans are playing you know world golf championships and play everybody plays uh, a, 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 you know a variety of events all over the world if you're of any kind of a name or statute you're getting invites and uh, sponsors uh, you know, uh, checks to come anywhere all over the world. So I do believe more than ever this, this, this game is such a global game. And, and I don't, I, you know, uh, each country is, 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 is putting forth, as we, as we saw in the Olympics not too long ago, just a high-caliber elite level of player. Um, and and we, we want to categorize everybody as American or European or Asian or, you know, Australian or what have you, but at the end of the day, uh, you know, they're, 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 they're golfers to me. And, um, I just think this, you know, college golf and getting the exposure, exposure college golf is getting now. It's really changed the game. I mean, John Rahm, 
went to ASU. Uh, you know, all, all these all these European guys, you know, are, are are spending so much time in the U.S. What is the difference anymore? I don't know. Anyways, we've been Matt. We've been talking to Matt Janella from the Golf Channel's Morning Drive. Uh, it's going to be an exciting afternoon. This uh, it's going to be an exciting uh, last eighteen holes this afternoon at the U.S. Open in Aaron Hills in Wisconsin. <laughs> Matt, uh, we want to thank you so much for taking your time for us on a Sunday morning. There's a good chance we might be seeing another thirty-six holes. I, oh, I I, yeah, you yeah, right. I mean, this this. Uh, who, who, who would complain if we get another 18 holes of this? There's nothing better than championship golf, major championship golf, and uh, and I'll be watching. Thanks so much for joining us. Take care. Thank you for having me. It's it's our pleasure. With all, with all the guys that are near the leaderboard, it could be tied after. Two. Well, it, it could be, could be tied up a good two, point. three, four times, and then we get into <clears> the whole discussion about uh, having to finish the tournament on a Monday, uh, and they'd, they'd be teeing off tomorrow morning. And, um, you know, I... Yeah, and I know the U.S. Op- the USGA has always been um, hard on this because they're the only major tournament left that still goes with the, with the Monday playoff, and uh, I'm not so sure that makes any sense anymore in the modern context. Um, you know, the Masters they just go back out right away. The US, the British Open uh, or the Open Championship there, uh, I think it's a three-hole playoff, uh, and then it's sudden death after that. Um, the interest wanes. Uh, pretty quickly on a Monday. Um, you just can't get a lot of people watching on a workday. Uh, I remember watching Tiger and Rocco go at it from Torrey Pines in 2008. And, you know, I was dying to watch it, but, you know, <laughs> you're in the office, you don't have access to a TV or you got to work, and uh, not a lot of people can watch it. Uh, it was a little, uh, I was, I want, I'm wanting Phil Mickelson and Tiger Woods back on TV to it, watch them and then. It's no, not going to happen, Ness. The impact, it looks like golf is dropping in yeah, popularity. Well, let's, what, you know what? We've got Mike Wilson on the line, mm-hmm. the ultimate Leafs fan. Uh, uh, Mike has asked us to uh, give him a little, uh, you know, a moment or two just to talk about a couple of events <clears throat> that he's working on. And it's our pleasure. Uh, Mike is, of course, the ultimate Leafs fan. He's got the greatest coll- collection of Toronto Maple Leafs memorabilia in the world. As you'll recall, a couple of weeks back, uh, we did a live event uh, from uh, from Mike's uh, from Mike's collection basement with Dick Duff and with Frank Mahovlich and Naj did a great job with that and Mike as well. Mike, we got a couple of uh, couple of quick moments with you. Uh, tell us about what's coming up and uh, tell our listeners uh, what's uh, what what great events uh, you've got uh, you've got going on. Well, thanks guys for the time to bring me on to talk about this and you know seeing how it is Father's Day. These here's a couple of. Uh, great opportunities for somebody to reward Dabbath, uh, a, a great event to do something really good and to also experience something even better, uh, you know, coming to see the Leaf Room and, uh, you know, hang around with some uh, really key people. So on Tuesday of this week, uh, you know, I just should, you know, start this by saying that Deb and I, when we get involved a lot, we get asked to get involved in a lot of uh, fundraising. We do a thorough check and uh, due diligence to make sure the money is going right to the direct cause. And, and you know, we make sure that, you know, we are really on side with uh, what we're supporting. And these two, you know, we couldn't be happier, more proud to be involved with. And Goodfoot Delivery is an operation that has a nonprofit courier business, and what they do is they employ people with disabilities such as autism, mostly autism, uh, Down syndrome, or even OCD, and they teach them to be couriers. And what they do is they have 34 people on staff, 31 are couriers, the retention rate is 97%, and delinquencies are basically non-existent. But like anything, they need money. 
They operate on a budget of around $325,000 to pay everybody. The deliveries sometimes take, uh, you know, most of the day to get them there because they have to take the bus and subway and so on. But, you know, it brings them back into the workforce, really gives them a sense of purpose, and it's just a great builder for uh, Canadians, and it's a really good feel story. And it touches everybody we know uh, lives in some way or another. So on Tuesday, we're having this event. And we've got some fantastic people attending. Uh, Zach Hyman from Lace, along with JBR. We've got Stanley Cupwin and Brian Muir attending. Dave Hodge from TSN is going to be there. Musical talent upcoming star Tara Lightfoot, not related to Gordon, but she's making quite a name for herself in the mu- musical business. Uh, she's going to perform for us. Tickets are $500. Uh, there is a tax receipt. Uh, you do get fed. There'll be refreshments. Uh, and, you know, as I said, you just have a great time to learn more about it. Uh, you can go to ultimateleasefan.com, uh, and, you know, or go to Mike at ultimateleasefan.com, or the number you can call is 416-572-3771. And if all else fails, just go to goodfoot.com, uh, and that'll, that'll lead you to the one. And on the 27th, the following week, the other one we're involved with is a young lad by the name of Chase McEachern, who had struggled with uh, cardiac problems for his early years, suddenly died at uh, tragically at the age of 12. And he, he had set a goal out to, to make sure that uh, AEDs were in all hockey rinks in schools. And he wrote a letter to Don Cherry, and he passed away before Don Cherry could read it on the air, which Don eventually did. So a group led by John Colley and Rescue 7 have started the Chase McEachern uh, uh, Memorial Fund, and their objective is to carry on with Chase's dream, and that's to make sure AEDs are in playgrounds, schoolyards, or, or uh, you know, uh, the hockey rinks, and, and so on. And But it does cost some money. The training takes some costs. So we're having an event a week Tuesday. Tickets are $300. There is a, uh, you know, a tax receipt that goes with it. We have... My crazy friend from Dragon's Den, Mike Warkley, coming to entertain everybody. They, he actually, John actually went on Dragon's Den to get funding, and Jim uh, Trebling and, and Mike both wanted to bid on it also. So hopefully we're going to see if Mike will be there, and uh, you know, there's an outside chance that Jim could also show up. We also have Ricky Vive from uh, you know, X Maple Leaf, Danny Dow, Tom Fergus, Pat Boutet, and some other surprise guests who will be joining us that night, uh, for again, to raise money for a great cause. So as I said, you know, the, you know, we're we're really honored to be supporting these events. Uh, again, it's a great chance to do something really good, and you know, I just uh, we just couldn't be prouder of what these people are trying to accomplish, and we're just helping in our small way. My, uh, Mike, thanks so much for joining us. I just do want to remind our listeners that these are great, great events. Uh, your collection is really a treasure. It's it has to be seen to be believed. This is a great opportunity to um, support some great causes. And and um, and see the greatest collection of Toronto Maple Leafs memorabilia, and uh, and also chat with some Leaf greats. Uh, yeah, th- well, I should just mention one thing. I sh- for um, go to chasesdream.org, and for tickets, you can just email Ultimate Leafs fan again, and we'll look after you. Thanks so much, Mike. We appreciate it. Thanks, Waz, uh, Wally, and thanks, Naz, for that for the time. Really appreciate it. It's our You're pleasure, welcome, Mike. Yeah, Mike. Uh, Mike is doing some great work. Uh, Really has has done. Uh, it's been a passion of his to put together this incredible collection, and uh, I applaud him for putting it uh, putting it to use for some great causes. Really Absolutely. tremendous work, Absolutely. Mike. Uh, keep it up. Thanks so much, um, Naz. Let's go back to a point you were just making. We've got two minutes left before they throw us off the air for this for this Father's Day edition of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. You were talking about Tiger and Phil. You wanna you wanna go back and uh, well, the popularity of the game seems to be suffering, and especially when you, we we looked at it yesterday and go, who's out there? Who's playing out there? 
They're great golfers, no question. The golf, the golf pros today, there's so many good ones, anybody can win. That's the way it looks like to me, right? Yeah. I, and I, 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 I couldn't agree with you more, Naz. I mean, the talent level of these golfers today is beyond, I wouldn't say beyond belief. That's maybe an exaggeration. But uh, they, and with the technology that they have nowadays between the ball and the shafts and the clubs, um, they can do some remarkable things out there. Uh, but what I find, and it's not a golf thing, and we've only unfortunately got a minute and a half left, um, it's not a golf thing. I just find it sometimes it's a sports thing that, you know, sports, they used to call them sports personalities, quotation marks, but there was athletes and sports personalities. And I think the sports personalities has been taken out of the equation. And I've been complaining about this on the show for the longest time is nobody's got a nickname anymore in sports. Um, and you look at the golf, the, some of the personalities in golf that you used to have, uh, I, like, I hate to use the word the old days, but for lack of a better oh. term, um, Lee Trevino, remember, I mean, they had you know, Lee Trevino and, and some of these other guys, Arnold had personality and there was, a, there was a whole cast of characters that used to go around on the PGA Tour and in other sports. And, and that seems to have... Because these guys are constantly under the microscope, they've got to be careful about every single word they say, every every single look that they give, every single little new nuance. Uh, that they just they don't become personalities anymore. They just keep their mouth shut. Yeah, but you know the personality is not there of the golfers. It's not there, and some of them like look at today's leaderboard. Who who's there? Anyways, it's been another week. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll certainly follow up that discussion. Uh, we want to thank everybody for joining the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We'll be back again next Sunday morning. Thank you. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.